We are starting a brand new series today called More Blessed. And if this is your first time with us here today, my name is Danny. Welcome today. And uh, you have chosen a great day to be here uh, on this, for if this is your first time, if you're new here with us. You're going to kind of get a picture of, of our heart and what God wants to do. Uh, should you make a decision to make a manual or your home or put your trust in Christ, this is a great weekend for you to be here. And so I love new series because we get into some new content, some new ideas, and that always kind of gets me a little fired up. And so today we're starting a series called More Blessed. I want to dive in right away into something Jesus said. It's recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35. The author of the book of Acts says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is, say it with me, more blessed, a little bit louder, more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, there's no doubt that you have been on the receiving end of a gift and by default have experienced happiness because of that gift. Am I right? Christmas morning, birthdays, right? Anniversaries, you've received gifts. We've all received special gifts. I receive a lot of gifts in my life because I'm a pastor. And believe it or not, some people actually like me. And so I get coffee mugs, I get Starbucks gift cards. Those are some of my favorite gifts. If you've done that for me before, thank you. Love you. Um, I get t-shirts, I get coffee mugs, I get books. I, like October is Pastor Appreciation Month, so a lot of, I get a lot of gifts in October. And, and so it's a lot of fun. And, and I do draw a lot of happiness from those gifts, as you do as well. But by far, my favorite gift that I've ever received from someone in the congregation, it's in this box here, and I'm about to show you what it is. It's a pair of Kevin DeVance sneakers. That's right, that's right. With the KD on the back, it's fantastic. And I've worn these uh, several times and uh, I wear them when I want a little bit, uh, I don't know, feel like I want to jump a little higher or I want my jump shot to fall a little bit better. I'll pull these out. Still really, don't, I don't know who got these for me. It was like two years ago. So if you're watching today online or somewhere, you are awesome, okay? so. Uh, but I have some serious joy connected to these shoes. I wear them sparingly, and they're a lot of fun. So here's what's interesting about what Jesus said. It's like he says to me and to you, you know how that, that feeling of joy that you, that you get when you get a really cool gift and that happiness that we've all been there before? I have found a way, I know of a way for you to experience even more happiness in your life. Well, what's that? By giving rather than receiving. Now, I don't know about you. I, I tend to be a, a cynic. I think I, I kind of got that from my dad. He's more of a, a, more of a, a cynical person, you know, a critical person and, and a skeptic sort of. And so when I hear stuff like this, and it sounds like pie in the sky kind of stuff, like, oh, that's a nice spiritual axiom. And, but is it, here's, here's how I, refl I, I hear that. And I say, is that really true? Because I know what this feels like. And this is pretty cool. Jesus, is it really true that there's something, that I, there's some sort of happiness out there that, that's even better than receiving a really cool gift from someone you love or, you know, or whatever, for a birthday or for Christmas? And Jesus would say, absolutely yes. And so I did some thinking about that, like, well, okay, so if that's true, well, how does it actually work? Like, how do you find more happiness in giving than, than in receiving? And I think there's at least three ways, if you're a note taker, I encourage you to take these down. 
I think it's more blessed to give than it is to receive because you begin seeing the joy in others. You begin seeing the joy in others. I was with a friend of mine one day. We were at a grocery store and, and uh, we followed this lady. It looked like she was a single mom. Not in a creepy way. We didn't follow her in a creepy way. It's like, who are the guys following the single mom? And it's not like that. We just happened to walk out together and, and she was in front of us. And she had a grocery cart full of groceries. And it just, God just moved on my friend's heart and said, you know, ask her how much she paid for those groceries. And it was like 150 bucks. And, and he just paid, he just gave her 150 bucks. And it was so awesome just to watch that happen. Because the woman literally went from all these different emotions, like in, in about three seconds. It, she went from con confused, shocked, then she went to like thankful, and then she had all this gratitude, and then it ended up a hug, and there were tears. All just in a matter of moments, and I, I got to watch the whole thing. And then later on, she kind of found out, you know, where we lived, and she wrote a note. And, and part of what she wrote in the note was, it was amazing, she said, you have restored my faith in humanity and my faith in God. And I got to see all of that. And I'm here to tell you, if you've been in a situation like that, you measure that happiness and that feeling of exhilaration or, or blessedness, and you compare it to like, oh, these really cool pair of shoes. And you go, oh, you start to go, that's what Jesus said. That's what he meant when he said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. We get to see the joy in others. Number two, we get to sense the partnership that, that we get to be involved uh, with, with when, when it comes to, you know, being, being with God. There's this partnership. When we, when we decide that we're going to bless others, we literally partner up with God and we sense that and we feel that. Listen, there's over seven billion people on this planet. What in the world does God want to do with seven billion people? Here's the, the short of it all. He wants to bless them. He wants to bless them. Ultimately, he wants all of them to be in a relationship with his precious dear son who we just got done singing about, who chases away the fear and chases away the darkness. But it, before that happens, he wants to bless them. And, and he could send manna from heaven. He could, he could send money raining down from the clouds. Or, or, or whatever blessings he wants to send, he could just shower them down from heaven, but more than likely he's not going to do that. He did it once. More than likely he's going to bless the people in your life through you. He's going to bless them. You know the prayer that we're told to pray as disciples of Jesus, right, first thing in the morning sort of stuff, is our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven that's just not some spiritual thing we say to God when we wake up in the morning that's like practical stuff that we are supposed to it's not the Lord's prayer it's our prayer like today father use me to bring about your will on earth as it is done in heaven well what does that mean it means that I'm opting in to be a blessing to the people around me that's what you want to do and so when I'm generous and when you're generous and we, when we bless people, we are literally partnering up with God because that's what he wants to do. That's his will on earth as it is done in heaven. And you get that sense of satisfaction. Why is it more blessed to give than it is to receive? Because you partner up with God. You get to see the joy in others. And then there's number three. You get to, to experience the return blessings. This is enlightened self-interest. 
and it's all throughout the Bible. Let's look at one particular passage from King Solomon of ancient Israel. Proverbs chapter 11. Give freely and become even more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. He says this in the next verse, verse 25. The generous will prosper. Be sure of it. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. All throughout the Bible, we see this principle. If you decide to live beyond yourself, if you decide to take steps towards generosity and blessing other people, I promise I will bless you. If you decide to refresh others, I will come behind you and I will refresh you. Now, this isn't one of those sermons from one of those preachers that says, give $100 and next month God will give you 1000 If you hear me say that, go to another church, okay? You're not gonna hear me say that sort of stuff because I'm not even necessarily talking about financial blessings. It may include a financial, the return blessings may be financial, but probably there'll be something else. The the return blessings may be that God blesses you with physical health. This person's got cancer, this person's got some sort of disease. Not you, you have no cancer in your body. You see this person getting a divorce and this person's marriage struggling, not yours, your marriage is solid. You see this person struggling with their teenager and this person's teenager's rebellious, not your teenager, they're obedient and respectful. Whoa, those are different blessings. God says when you choose to refresh others, I will be sure to refresh you. The return blessings, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. That's the truth. You see, when it comes down to it, generosity is something that God wants for you. It's about a quality of life that he, that he had in mind for you. This, this greater blessing, this greater level of happiness comes when we decide to open up our hands and be generous towards the people around us. Jesus would teach it in different ways. One time he said it this way in Matthew chapter 10. If you cling to your life, if you live a selfish life, if it's all about you and you get your own stuff, you're going to lose your life. Lose what? Maybe not your physical life, but the quality of life I had in mind for you. But if you decide you get to give up your life for my sake, guess what's going to happen? You're going to find it. Find what? Find a life of joy and peace and strength and purpose and meaning and happiness. Basically, in God's economy, the more you give, the more you live. That's what Jesus taught. Generosity is something I want for you. There was a group of Christians in Macedonia that were living out this principle. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote a letter, a couple of letters, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, to a group of Christians in Corinth who were struggling with generosity. They were being a little bit stingy. And there was this group of Christians in Jerusalem, this third group of Christians that Paul was trying to raise money for. And so Paul was going to the different churches asking for money to give an offering to the Christians in Jerusalem who were really struggling. So he's going to, he goes to the Macedonians and and I want you to hear what he has to say about the Macedonians. He's writing about the Macedonian Christians to motivate the Corinthian Christians to be more generous. Listen to what he says. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, of what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia, the Christians in the churches. They're being tested by many troubles and they are very 
poor. Now let me pause here for just for a second because we need to clarify something. A lot of times people think that generosity is for those who have extra money or a lot of money. In fact, many of us when it comes down to justifying why we're not that generous is because we say, well, if I had more money, then I'd be more generous with it. Not true. These guys were going through all kinds of troubles and they were very poor. But watch this. But they were also filled with this thing called abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. Paul says, I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but even more than that. And they didn't do it because some preacher manipulated them or made them feel guilty. They did it on their own free will. Where did it come from? It came from this joy inside of them. It didn't come because their generosity didn't flow from their abundance. In fact, in their poverty, because they were filled with joy, they richly gave to the offering for the Christians in Jerusalem. Paul says this. They begged us again and again for the privilege. <laughs> they, thought, they thought it was a privilege in sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. Apparently, Paul was going to these different churches and, and he was, maybe he said, perhaps he said to the Macedonians, listen, you guys are poor. You're going through a lot of problems. Maybe, maybe you skip this offering. I'll go to this church and this church. No, they said, no, do not. They begged us again and again. Several times Paul tried to say, you guys sit this one out. You don't have that much money. Listen, we'll get money from different churches. You're okay. No, they said, don't exclude us from this offering. We want in. And they begged us again and again. Why is he saying this to the Corinthians? He's trying to motivate them to follow the example of the Macedonians in generosity. Why were, they like, why were they like this? I would make the argument that they believe the words of the Lord Jesus, that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Their abundant joy. Maybe they thought to themselves, if we don't give to this offering, we might lose this quality of life that we have. The reason we have this abundant joy is because we've been giving in our poverty. Give me those buckets. Some of us come to church and we can't stand it when the buckets pass. We do, we do one of these numbers. <laughs> We're trying to avoid the buckets. These guys are like, give me that bucket. Where's the bucket? Pass that thing. I want to put some in. Right? Oh, if we could be like the Macedonians. The problem is many Christians today, 2,000 years later, are more like the Corinthians than the Macedonians. Many Christians today are simply not generous. The average Christian gives 3% of their income, total, which means less than 3% comes to the local church. No wonder the local church struggles to make the difference it was called to make. Only 12% of Christians return the tithe. What is the tithe? Tithe is 10% of everything you make, everything that comes into your household. That's the tithe, the word means 10%. What does that mean for us as a local church? Our four campuses, Greenwood, Banta, Franklin, online campus. What does that mean? It means that we do everything that we do locally and globally with about 45% of our families participating financially. I have, I have mixed emotions about that. Let me talk about why, why, what my good feelings about that. Number one, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for the 45% of our families that have said, dude, I'm in. 
Like, where's the bucket? <laughs> like, how do I do a reoccurring gift? Like, how do I give online? Like, where's the kiosk? Like, how do I, do, how do I get my check into there? I'm grateful for the 45% of you who participate financially because great things are happening locally and globally because of you. You cover 100% of our entire budget. And then there's the 55% of our families that call a manual home that gives zero. And I'm sad about that for two reasons. Number one, you are missing out on abundant joy. You are missing out on a quality of life that Jesus talked about. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. You're missing out. You bought into the system that happiness comes by getting more for myself and keeping more for myself and accumulating for myself. So I'm sad for you, number one, because you're missing out on a quality of life. I'm also sad for you for a second reason, because you've chosen to go that route. Our church is only half successful. We're only reaching half of our redemptive potential. I would argue even less than half of our redemptive potential locally and globally. And that makes me sad as a pastor. I'm not, I don't settle for half in any area of my life. My marriage, no way. My parenting, not a chance. My physical fitness, no way. My relationship with God, you okay with half of your potential? Never. And here we are as a church, functioning on less than half of our potential and I'm in charge. I'm like, no way, this can't happen. We gotta do better as an organization. We gotta do better as a church. I don't settle for half in any area of my life. And I won't settle for half in this area either. So I'm sad about that. And why is it the case? Why is it the case at Emmanuel that 45% of the families cover 100% of the budget? For four reasons. Number one, we simply don't believe Jesus. We just, half of us, over half of us don't believe Jesus. He said it. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And we're like, okay, heard that sermon. Still not going to do it. Listen, to believe something is to act as if it's so. That's what Dallas Willard said. So if we don't act as if it's so, we don't believe it. So we have a problem with faith. We hear these words, give and it'll be given to you. We hear, we hear that sort of stuff. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. We walk away and we say, I ain't doing it because we don't believe it. That's number one. Number two, we've turned money into an idol. What is an idol? An idol is anything we look to that only God can give us. Peace, security, identity, significance, happiness. When we look to money for those things, instead of God, we turn money into an idol. And then we can't part with it in any significant way. Why? Because we need it. We need it to tell us who we are. We need us to feel significant. We need money to to give us a sense of identity, a sense of value. And so then someone comes along and says, hey, will you give to this? You're like, no, I can't. At least not in a significant way. Because money has become my God. And so that hurt, that, pre- that prevents us from being generous. Then number three, some of us are strapped in debt. We'd love to be able to do more, but we got Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, we got car loans, we got Visa, MasterCard, we got American Express, we got all these masters to pay, and there's nothing left at the end, and so we'd love to try to be more generous, but we're strapped in debt. We've overconsumed, and it's a huge problem today in our world and in our country, and it prevents us from being generous. And then number four, we're gonna work through these in this series, there's a scarcity mindset out there. So what's a scarcity mindset? It simply means that that you view money as a a pie, a pumpkin pie, and, and there's only so much of it, and once it's gone, it's gone, and it'll never be replaced, so if you give some of your pie away, guess what? It's less for me, and God will never replace that. 
As long as we have a scarcity mindset, we will hoard and we will hold on to what God has put in our hands. And these are the reasons why people aren't more generous. These are the reasons why 55% of the families have opted out of participating financially to help Emmanuel reach its redemptive potential. We gotta work through these and I'm gonna coach you through them as your pastor and as your leader. How do we overcome number one? We overcome number one, which is simply not believing the words of Jesus by putting it to the test, by trying it. You must try it. It's the only way. It's not going to make sense. I remember I was at Liberty University, and those of you remember Liberty and Jerry Falwell, he was the founder, chancellor. He would talk about the tithe all the time. Now, back then, I was a college student. I delivered Papa John's pizzas. Anybody ever deliver Papa John's pizzas? I was trying to pay my rent. I was trying to pay my school bill, and Jerry was talking about 10%. And every time he'd talk about 10%, in light of my tips from the night before, I would say to myself in my head, you're smoking crack, dude. There's no way you're getting 10% of my tips. I just spent three hours delivering pizza, you know, in Lynchburg, Virginia, and the tips weren't very good back then in Lynchburg, Virginia for pizza. It just didn't make sense to me. And so finally I got to Emmanuel and I grew in my faith a little bit. And Pastor Jim, the founding pastor of this church, helped me a little bit understand the tithe and all that stuff. So I finally started to do what? To try it out. And so for 18 years since I came on staff here in 2001, Jackie and I have returned the tithe, the full 10% of everything that comes into our home. And then when we did special projects, we would give even more to a Franklin campus or a Banta campus or a remodel here. We just tried it. And guess what? We've seen God's faithfulness to us. Here's what the prophet Malachi said in Malachi chapter 3. Bring all of the tithes into the storehouse, the Old Testament temple. Why? So that the priests can perform all their duties and be a blessing to the community of people. The church works the same way. We do not get checks from the government. Okay? Some of you may think, how do we pay the bills around here? How do we launch campuses? The government's not sending us any money, folks. It's us or it's nothing. Okay, so how do we function? We function the same way the Old Testament temple functioned. The tithes come in, and that's how we are effective in our ministries locally and globally. God says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there's enough food for my temple. If you do so, watch this, watch this. If you do so, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't even be able to hold on to it. You won't even be able to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Listen, some of you know I read the Bible every year. Every single year I read through this Bible page, every single page. I've done it for 15 years. This is the only spot in this entire book where God says, put me to the test. It's the only place that God permits us to test him. He says, you put me to the test. You bring the tithe in, and you, 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 you just watch and see if I won't open up the windows in heaven and pour out such a blessing on you that you won't even be able to take it in. Now, is this a financial promise? No. It might be for you if you're in business, or if you're, it might be a financial blessing, but this is not necessarily talking about finances. Listen, we've been returning the tithe for over you know, 18 years or so. I'm not a rich person. <laughs> I can testify to that. This is not a financial get-rich promise, okay? But here's what I can tell you as I tie my shoe. Here's what I can tell you. Many of you know that August 14th of this next summer, Jack and I will celebrate 20 years of marriage. 
Here's what I can. Yeah. Here's what I can tell you. I have counseled many people in this church who are struggling in their marriage, and I know that marriage is tough. Marriage is difficult. It's very difficult for two people to be friends and get along for any length of time in our culture today. For, for some reason, for whatever reason, well, I think I know why, my wife and I have been able to become and have been and still are best friends. We have a, 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 the type of relationship that we, we can't wait to be with each other. I cannot wait to get home. I cannot wait for my day off during the week so I can spend time with my wife. Every single year, you guys know I talk about this all the time, we do a vacation, which is seven days without the children. If you take the kids, it's a trip. If you leave them home, it's a vacation. Every year, we cannot wait for our vacation to be together. We look forward to the day. It's going to make my wife sad. It's going to, I'm sure I'm going to be sad as well. But we look forward to the day where our youngest goes off to college and we have the empty nest. Right? It's a lot of fun. How, how do I explain? How do I comprehend? How do I, under, how do I take all of that in? I'm telling, I think, I can't prove it, but I think it's because my wife and I have been faithful in returning the tithe for 18 years. The blessing has come to me in my, people tell me all the time, how do you love her? How do you guys love each other so much? I, I mean, we follow biblical principles, forgiveness, love, kindness, all that stuff. That's true. We communicate, we do all that stuff. But I think God's favor is upon our marriage. You be the judge. That's how the blessing has turned out in our lives. God says, put me to the test. Now, here's what I'll say to you about this. The tithe, 10%. So if the average salary in this area is $50,000, which that's what it is. We looked it up, did the research. 10% of $50,000 on a monthly basis is $416. So if 55% of our congregation gives zero, basically I'm asking you to go from zero to 60 in like one sermon. Now, okay, you give nothing. Now you're asking me for $416 a month. That's a car payment. Danny, you're smoking crack, okay? I get it. I get it. I understand. I do. I don't smoke crack, okay? I don't. But... It sounds like I do when you put it that way. Now, if you have enough faith to go from zero to $416 a month, as your pastor, I'm saying, go for it. Put him to the test. Test him out. See if he doesn't bless you. But if you don't, if you're sitting here today and you're part of the 55% that gives zero and you're going, (laughs) I get it. Let me present something to you I think would be a little bit more manageable. How about... 10% of 10%. So if you do the math on 10% of 10, if 10% is $416 a month, 10% of 10% is about $40 a month or in change or so. On a weekly basis, you know what that comes out to? $10 a week. You know what that looks like? One burrito (laughs) from Qdoba. Prices have gone up. I go to Qdoba all the time, like, okay, it's 10 bucks now if you get a drink and all that, you know. So what God is asking you today is will you bring a burrito every week on your way to church? I mean, it really is that simple. I mean, I can't put it any simpler than that. Or if you don't understand burrito language or Spanish or whatever, let's talk about, let's talk about, 
Let's talk about two lattes. Let's talk about Starbucks because a lot of you get that language. I certainly do. One latte now, a grande, is $5.50. Two of them is $11. So for less than two grandes a week, you can do 10% of 10% to your local church. Now, if you cannot find $10 a week to give back to God, we have issues. Don't you agree? I just might go crazy as your pastor. I just might. I just might start smoking crack. I just might. (laughs) Now, if we're all sane here and we're all somewhat spiritual and we're all being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, which is what I pray for, what will happen if the 55% of you who give zero start to take the $10 challenge, our offerings would jump by thousands of dollars a week, a week. If those of us who are already currently giving jump in on the $10 challenge, which I'm gonna challenge you to do that, myself included, to, to do an additional $10 a week, if you're already giving to Emmanuel, just add 10 more dollars to it, I'm gonna do it. Our offerings would jump $20,000 a week, which is $80,000 a month. Quick math, times 12, it's a million dollars a year. Some of you are like, see, I knew it. You're one of those pastors. You want to have a Bentley. You want to have a private jet. (laughs) Calm down. Our elders determine what my salary is, okay? They watch. (laughs) I don't make my own salary, okay? Why would we want an extra million dollars a year? Let me just do a little memory tour here for myself and for you. We want to reach our redemptive potential. Just this last year, year and a half, I want to show you some incredible things that have happened. Every year we take a team down to, down to Columbia. This is our most recent trip. We, we support a church called Exeter Church in Columbia. Every month we give them a, a certain amount of money and then we send people down there on teams and we give them $22,000 for special projects every single year. This is one of our partners in Columbia. Let's talk about Hope Road, Nicaragua. Many of you have been to Nicaragua with the, with the Llewellyns. We support them on a monthly basis. Every year, these teams go down there. They do all kinds of things, feeding programs. They build orphanages, halfway house. I mean, there's just so much, so many churches. We send $22,000 a year on top of our monthly support for special projects in, Nicar- in, uh, in, in uh, Hope Road, Nicaragua. Let's talk about our local partnership with the Shepherd Totes. We've done this year after year after year. Every single year, we pack away these totes with hygiene products and food to, for the kids over Christmas break so that they can have meals. Over Because a lot of these kids are so poor that if they don't eat at school, they don't eat at all for lunch. We pack away, literally feed hundreds and hundreds of kids downtown. Let's talk about our, our, our partnership with SMI Haiti. Many of you have been to Haiti uh, with, with that ministry a couple of years ago, we, we raised $113,000 to build this orphanage for 29 orphans in Loganoff. That is the building you all built for those 29 kids. Is that not incredible? Recently, we gave them an, an additional $12,000 to build the first Christian church in Camden in Haiti. You all did that. For, never, there's never been a church in that particular area. We, Emmanuel, helped to build that. Let's talk about our partnership with Packaway Hunger. We, we packed 100,244 meals 
this last year out in the field house. Many of you came to that event. We raised $27,000 to send those meals all over the world. Let's talk about our, ministry, our partnership with Africa New Life. We partnered with them. We've never been to Africa before in any significant way. Now we have this partnership with this amazing ministry, Africa New Life. We support them on a monthly basis. We give them $22,000 a year for special projects. This is a picture of a, these, all these people got saved in one of the first church services that they held in the new building that we helped build. Is that not amazing? <laughs> locally, locally here. You know, we, this, this year we decided we wanted to love on some teachers, so we packed over 600 boxes for local teachers to get their year off started the right way with supplies, uh, all kinds of you know, markers, rulers, all, everything teachers need. In addition to the boxes and the materials in the boxes, we put a $25 gift card for every single teacher that got one of those boxes. We delivered them to nine different schools. Most recently, we helped to... to uh, provide books for uh, Rosa Parks Kindergarten Academy. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. All of you did this out of the generosity of your hearts. Why am I, why am I challenging you to jump in on a $10 challenge? Not to, not for, no one's getting rich. This is not about that whatsoever. It's about your quality of life and it's about our church making and reaching its potential. We want to have an even greater impact. I want you to hear, I want you to hear. We did a little video with the principal from uh, Rosa Parks Christian, Rosa Parks uh, 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 Kindergarten Academy. I want you to hear what he had to say about your tremendous generosity to his school. Check out this video. Hello, my name is Blair Schneider. I am the very proud principal of Rosa Parks Kindergarten Academy. We are actually in our second year, so we're still very new. We have just shy of 400 kindergartners. It is probably one of the happiest places you'll ever be. Probably 45% of our students are non-English speaking, with the majority of our students being refugees from Burma. We have about 76% free and reduced lunch, which means about 75% of our students live below the poverty line. So all of the resources and generosity that Emmanuel has given has really been utilized because so many of our families and our students um, can benefit from it. The impact that we've had with Emmanuel has been absolutely fantastic from both a volunteer standpoint and also from a generosity standpoint. Members of the Emmanuel Church family have come and volunteered in our building, um, helping things like Mother's Day tea. Um, several women came and volunteered uh, to be surrogate moms for kids whose moms might not have been able to attend, help get kids to the right classroom, open milk cars, so the volunteer aspect has been huge and a great help, and we are just thrilled um, with what Emmanuel Church has done for us. At the beginning of the year, um, the care boxes that were donated allowed um, several of our students who maybe weren't able to bring school supplies um, to have those supplies and to also provide those to teachers. It was just nice to know that there are people um, who not only financially care and, and help contribute to our school, but are praying for us and wishing us to have a great school year. Emmanuel Church has been so gracious and kind to collect hundreds and thousands of books that are going to be used to create our first library. We are thrilled to have all these resources that students are going to be able to take home, share with their family. Um, our school has a very large English language learner population, and so we're very excited that our kids um, who are non-English speakers will have books and resources that they can take home, share with their families to show more literacy, to increase our kids becoming strong and proficient readers. 
It has not only impacted 400 kids, it has impacted 400 families, um, which also impacts 400 other brothers, sisters, grandmas, grandpas. It just grows exponentially. And so the more that we're able to be generous, it grows and blossoms everywhere we go. For a lot of our non-English speaking students, um, they take the resources home, they share them with little brother, little sister, um, who now also gets a solid foundation. And just from the bottom of my heart, God bless you. Thank you so much. How much more could we do if everybody jumped in? How much more could we do if we, if we all took the $10 challenge? Most recently, I, uh, I signed up for the unlimited car washes on 135 there. Because when I did the math and I said, well, if I go every day, it's like a dollar a car wash. It's 30 bucks a month. Man, that's a deal. Sucker. <laughs> what I came to realize six months later is you don't, you don't go to the car wash every day. So the way I'm going to add $10 uh, a week to our giving is I'm going to cancel my unlimited car wash, which there's $30 of the deal. And then I'm just going to add another 10 to it. Again, it's a burrito or two lattes. And that's going to cover my $40 a month. I'm going to jump in. Will you? Will you so that we can continue to make an even greater, ex um, an exponential impact moving into the future? The reason we decided to do the offering at the end of the service today, we should, usually we do it on the front end, is because I wanted the Holy Spirit have, to have an opportunity to nudge you. We just did a series on that, to speak to you, to lead you, to push you. And I want you to have an opportunity to respond to him. And so we're going to have our ushers get in place. We're going to receive our offering. There's several ways you can give. You can give through our buckets. You can go to our kiosks in our, in our foyer there throughout all of our campuses. You can do that. You can go online and give. You can use our business reply envelopes in the, in the aisles there for you. Or most likely you can just go to, uh, you can text the word give to 65248. Very simple. Text the word give to 65248, what we'll do is we'll send you a link, and this is so easy, you click on the link, it brings you right to our PushPay app, so simple. You go here, you put $10, the amount, make a reoccurring gift, because this isn't a one-time deal, this is a lifestyle deal, this is raise a million dollars deal, this is exponential deal. You hit every week, you scroll down. You, if you've never set it up before, it takes a few moments to put your bank information in there. If you already have your bank information in there, it's like literally 20 seconds, and you're done. And you set up a reoccurring gift. That's probably the easiest way to do that. Text the word GIVE to 65248. We've done it. I've done it. I've led the way. We, we return the tithe. Will you follow my example and my wife's example and our staff's example? I hope that you do. If you do, great things are going to continue to happen. Will you pray with me and then we'll receive our offering. Father, thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you for making it clear. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Jesus, I want to live that abundant life and I want to help everyone else to live it as well. My hope and prayer is that our church, your church, would make the impact that you had in mind over 40 years ago when this church was planted, that we would make a difference in this world for your honor and for your glory. Put it on people's hearts to be generous. Holy Spirit, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Amen. If you're here today and you can't really say that yet, that Jesus is your one thing, everything I need right now, can I tell you something that God has actually taken the first step toward you to give you that opportunity? We find this in John chapter 3, verse 16, where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever, whether it be you or me, if we believe in him, he will give us everlasting life that starts now and lasts forever. And so if you're here today and you've not taken that step to place your faith and trust in God, I wanna let you know this moment is for you. And so I'd like to ask you to bow your head and to close your eyes right where you are. I'm gonna invite you to take these words. I'm gonna say a simple prayer and you can make them your own as you have this conversation with God. And it can sound something like this. God, I thank you for dying on a cross for me. That you love me right where I am. That you would send your one and only son, Jesus Christ to die on a cross, to forgive me of my sin. But not only that, that he would be raised three days later so that I could experience everlasting life. God, I'm so excited about this opportunity to step into relationship with you. And I trust you as you guide me from this point forward. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, our church wants to celebrate with you, don't we, church? Can we give God a hand? Amen. Not only do we want to celebrate with you, but we want to put a copy of the New Testament New Believers Bible in your hand as a free gift to you. So before you leave, if you would, go to the tables to our right and to our left and let them know that you prayed that prayer. We want to give this to you for free so that you can start to connect with God's truth in your life.